Well, I want to share with you some more today on the subject of freedom. Because I believe that the Lord is looking forward to every one of us enjoying the freedom, fully enjoying the freedom that is purchased for us, that we would know the fullness of the joy of our salvation, what it means to be the redeemed of the Lord. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. That is, he wants you to know what's happened and he wants you to know what it looks like to walk in true freedom all the time. He wants us to understand what we have been set free from, what this freedom looks like so that we can fully enjoy it. I shared last week from Galatians chapter 5 verse 1. It says this, it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Hallelujah. We're not under a yoke of slavery. We are not slaves of sin anymore. Hallelujah. We've been set free from sin, set free from self. Hallelujah. That's exciting. That's worth worshiping God about. We've been set free. And it's for freedom that he set us free. He hasn't just set us free because that's a good thing to do. He actually emphasizes it's for freedom that I've set you free. He wants you to deliberately, actively, proactively walk in and enjoy the freedom that he has for you. Amen. Amen. Romans chapter one. Uh, no, Romans chapter seven. If you'd go there, Romans seven, verse one. I was enjoying this today too. It says this, or do you not know brethren for I speak to those who know the law, that the law has dominion over a man as long as he lives. For the woman who has a husband is bound by the law to her husband as long as he lives. But if the husband dies, she's released from the law of her husband. So then, if while the husband lives, she marries another man, she'll be called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she's free from that law, so she is no adulteress, though she has married another man. Therefore, my brethren... You also have become dead to the law through the body of Christ, that you may be married to another, to him who was raised from the dead, that we should bear fruit to God. I love it. This just spells it out so clearly. You can't be joined to God while you are still connected to, married to, any way entwined with sin. So... The only way you could be married to God, the only way you can come into union with God, the only way you can be joined to God, for we know that we are the body of Christ. Hallelujah. It doesn't get much closer than being his body. If you think about it, my body is very connected to my head. Hallelujah. And he is our head. We are the body. We are one. We are connected. And we can't be connected. We can't be in union with God if we are still married to our old selves, to our old lives, to sin, uh, to, to the, uh, the line of sin that, that came through the first Adam. Therefore, we need to be set free by the one who came as the last Adam to reset our DNA. Hallelujah. So that we could have an, a reset, complete reset, and be made brand new, dead to self, dead to sin, and alive to Christ. You can't be 
alive to Christ, part of the body of Christ, married to Christ, in union with Christ, and you can't be part of the kingdom, part of the, the body if you're not in union with God. That can't happen if you are still thinking you are somehow still trying to deal with the sinful nature. You can't be married to it anymore. You have to have had it finished. It has to have died in order for you to be free to marry someone else. Hallelujah. So praise God, we have been crucified with Christ buried with him that means hallelujah we're now free to be connected to god raised up with him and we're seated with him in heavenly places hallelujah verse 4 therefore my brethren you also have become dead to the law through the body of christ that you may be married to another to him who was raised from the dead that we should bear fruit to god For when we were in the flesh, the sinful passions which were aroused by the law were at work in our members to bear fruit to death. But now we have been delivered from the law, having died to what we were held by, so that we should serve in the newness of the spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. Hallelujah. Psalm 32. It's a beautiful psalm. I encourage you to to memorize the whole lot. It's just delicious. It says this. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity and in, his, in, in whose spirit there is no deceit. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity. I looked up that word impute. Impute means to be plattered with, in, entwined with. You know, we are blessed because God does not see us entwined with, plattered with sin. Hallelujah. When he looks at us, he doesn't go, oh, yeah, there they are, still struggling with sin. He doesn't look at us and see us still connected, plattered with sin. Hallelujah. In fact, he has come and he has not only forgiven our sin, but he has removed our iniquity. He's not only uh, given us his forgiveness, covered our sin, he's actually infused us from the inside out with a brand new DNA so that we now are infused with the righteousness of God. We are no longer viewed by God as somehow being plattered together with sin and weakness. But in his weakness, we've become strong. We've become new creations in Christ. That's why he says, let the weak say, I am strong. I have a new identity. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. He then goes on to say, when I kept silent, my bones grew old through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me, but my vitality was turned into the drought of summer. I acknowledged my sin to you and my iniquity I have not hidden. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Now, as we've been talking about what it means to have relationship with God and what it looks like to walk in freedom, one of the things that I feel is so important is that we are free to have an open and transparent relationship with God where we have nothing hidden. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Into me see, 
Hallelujah. Into me, see, here I am, God. I bring you everything that I am. I get alone with God. I like to get on the floor and I love to talk to him. And he loves it when we get real with him. You know, for me, I, I tend to be, if I'm not vigilant, I can be given over to worry. And often I've got a lot of things on my plate, in my inbox, so to speak, where I've got things that need to be done and someone needs to do that and I've got to do that. And if I just think about the things that need to be done, I can get a little bit stressed. (gasps) Yes, that's got to be done. But when I deal with it, then I can release the stress. I no longer have to be worried about it. It's like when you pay a bill, the bill is paid. Hallelujah. Ah, praise the Lord. Like um, often I'll, I'll have things that I need uh, Tom's help with and I'll go to him and say, can you do this? And he's so wonderful. And, um, and then when he comes back and he says, yeah, that's done. That's taken care of. <sighs> that's one thing I don't need to think about. I don't need to worry about. But you know what? That is what God wants us to, to live like with him. He wants us not to walk through life having a theological understanding of the fact that we're free, that we're, our sins are forgiven and covered. He actually wants to help us in a practical way where we actually come to him and we deal with the stuff bit by bit. So instead of just trying to put a cover over it all, I mean, if you imagine a huge inbox and you just put a, a blanket over it, you're still stressed about it because you know it's there, even though you're trying not to see it. In the same way, you can understand what your freedoms are, but when you actually come to deliberately bring each worry, each concern, like it says in Philippians chapter 4, make your request known to God, then the peace of God will come. And so I like to get before God and, you know, if, for example, I'm not somebody who enjoys confrontation. I don't like being out of peace with people. I do my best to try and live at peace with everybody. Sadly, my efforts at reconciliation are not always successful, but I really try, hallelujah, because I like to be at peace. But, you know, if I've had um, an issue or something's happened with somebody, I can often carry the emotions of what's going on and let that subconsciously start to become a weight and a stress to me. I can even start to take on the guilt and the shame of the fact that we've had a disagreement in the first place happen. And if I'm not careful, that starts to turn into condemnation because the opportunist, the devil, rides in on the emotions that you're not looking at and dealing with and he'll start to to feed lies to promote that negative emotion. And so I need to come before God and be transparent and say, I, I, I'm worried about this. What am, I, what am I concerned about? Oh, okay, God. I'm a, I'm a little bit concerned about that situation. And I'm feeling guilt. I'm feeling condemnation. So I talk to the Lord about it. I say, Lord, am I guilty in this? Have I done anything? And often I'll realize I'm not guilty for the whole lot but there is some part in it that I shouldn't have done and then when I bring that to him and say Lord yes I shouldn't have said that or I shouldn't have responded in that way or I shouldn't have got upset or whatever it is and I I confess my sin to the Lord I talk to him about it 
I ask him then another question. I say, am I guilty? And he says, no, you are not guilty. The debt's paid. The bill's paid. It would be as silly as feeling like you were still in debt after you've already paid it off. You've been set free. And even though I know it, to have specifically itemized it and gone to God and got his verbal affirmation that you are free, you are forgiven, suddenly the light flashes into my system and I start to recognize, wow, I'm free. I don't need to feel or hold on to emotions of guilt or shame. You may not be wired the same way as I am, but as a sensitive person, I, if I'm not careful to deal with these little foxes, they do start to spoil the vine of my love for God in that it starts to clutter up my head and my heart. Even if I'm not fully aware of it, I can let it rumble around on the inside. And the Lord wants us to walk in freedom, absolute peace absolute freedom he wants us to live in the kingdom which is righteousness peace and joy in the holy ghost where we can walk completely free with a free and clear headspace hallelujah without any worries or anxiety and i i believe it's so important just like it says in this psalm while i was you know trying to ignore the sin i i got very tired and i got discouraged and I, I I was feeling like my bones were growing old but when I confessed it when I acknowledged it he was revitalized and in the same way I believe that if we can be deliberate to take advantage of the freedom that we've got to to expose the lies of the enemy that would try to take advantage of your sensitive nature and try to make you feel and carry guilt that you don't have any business carrying. It's when you see it in his light, we see light. When you bring it to the Lord and let him show you the truth. When you are open with the Holy Spirit, he comes and he will speak truth to you. And the truth makes us free. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter 10 verse 4 says this. The weapons of our warfare, the weapons we fight with, are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Praise the Lord. We demolish arguments. We don't just put up with them and pretend that we're not hearing them. We don't buy into the shame that we're hearing them in the first place. We don't buy into the, the fear of, oh, I feel like I'm under attack. Oh, I'm, I'm hearing something, feeling something, something's going on. We don't, we don't buy into it or turn aside to lies, but we demolish the arguments. God hasn't called us to be passive, but he's called us to be proactive, to use the weapons of our warfare, to demolish arguments, to cast down every thought that would exalt itself against the knowledge of Christ and to replace it with truth. Remember when we read uh, about a house being swept clean, someone that's been delivered, they come back with seven other friends to have a look and see if the place has been occupied. We need to make sure that when we recognize 
the enemy coming and trying to lie to us, trying to tempt us, trying, whatever it is that he's trying to do, the lies that he wants to bring, the, the arguments that he wants to bring. As we refuse to accept it, as we refuse to put up with it and we demolish it with truth, we need to replace the lie with truth. It's like putting furniture back into the house so that when they come back, they go, oh, there's no room here. We need to fill our hearts and minds with truth. The weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but they're mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. They're not the weapons of the world, but they are powerful and they are absolutely effective in demolishing these strongholds. It doesn't matter how long they've been there. And I believe we're going to see some deliverance tonight. People are going to get set free, hallelujah, by the power of the Holy Ghost. But the the joy of this is that we bring not just, oh, go away, devil. We bring the truth of the word of God and the truth can be established in our hearts so that when he tries again, you just let him see the truth. You continually show the truth. You're not vainly trying to um, fight something without using the weapon of our warfare, which is the sword of the spirit, the word of God. Hallelujah. The word then becomes set up in our lives, set up in our thinking, set up in our souls. Hallelujah. So that we are established in the truth. Hallelujah. So we talked about, um, on Friday night, I I shared a little bit about some of the weapons that we have. We have the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Hallelujah which we pick up and we use. God wants us to take up the word of the Lord and use it when the enemy comes. If the enemy comes and he whispers to you, you're alone, nobody cares. If you for a moment turn aside and you come into agreement with that and say, well, yeah, I do feel a bit alone. It doesn't seem like anybody cares. He will then set things up to reinforce that belief. Someone will forget to pick you up. Someone will forget to call you. Someone will seemingly snub you in church and you'll be having a reinforced belief. Yes, I'm alone. Nobody cares. And then he'll ride in. He's an opportunist. This is how he works. He'll ride in and he'll he'll make you think that his thoughts are your thoughts when in fact you have the mind of Christ. The only weapon he can use against you is deception. So he comes and, and he'll, he'll start to speak and, and, and make you believe that somehow you really are alone. And the more you think about it, the more then he'll bring his friends and, and rejection will come along and shame will come along. And, and the belief that you're not worthy, you're not, that is a reason you're, you're feeling alone. You've, you've behaved really badly. Condemnation will join the party. And before you know it, you're just feeling overwhelmed and you've sunk into depression. That's how the enemy works. But rather than collapsing under the weight of it, the Holy Spirit wants to wake you up to realize that this is not coming from the inside of you. This is not something that's happening because you're a bad person. This is something that's happening because you are made in the image of God. You're a new creation. The enemy is terrified of you knowing that and walking in freedom. So he's come with all his friends to try and harass you, crowd out your thinking so you can't even hear the voice of God. And the Holy Spirit's there going, I've made a way of escape for you. 
ask me for help. I want to show you. And he'll give you a word. He'll speak to you from the word of God. And you've got to rise up. Hallelujah. Recognize that you're not a victim like he wants you to believe. That you're not an orphan on the outside. Why aren't you helping God? He wants you to say, wake up and go, thank you, Jesus. What's the truth? The truth is I am not alone. You said you'd never leave me or forsake me. Father, I thank you that the truth is that I am deeply loved, God. Lord, that you love me so much that while I was yet a sinner, you died for me. That you look at me and you say that I'm the apple of your eye. I'm not alone. You've set me in family. Uh, there's a whole body of Christ that I, I'm connected with. I'm not going to believe the lies of the enemy. The truth is that I am loved. I am not worthless. I am valuable to God. And you know what? I like to then pray the word of God into those situations. I take up the sword of the spirit from uh, Ephesians chapter 1 and start to pray. Holy Spirit, spirit of wisdom and revelation, give me knowledge in of who God is. Enlighten the eyes of my understanding in the knowledge of God that I could know the hope of his calling, that I might know and understand the value that I have as his inheritance in the earth. And I'll just dig into it. God, I thank you that you're showing me the value that I have as your inheritance in the earth. I thank you, Lord, that the earth is excited that I'm here because you're in me. You've laid up good works in advance for me to do. Lord, give me revelation, supernatural revelation of my value to you. The fact that you're excited Excited that, uh, that your spirit lives in me and that you, you've set me here for such a time as this. Give me revelation. And as I begin to pray the word of God, I'm using the word as a weapon. The Holy Spirit's there going, I love that you're asking this. Let me just fill you, fill you, fill you, fill you. And as you are moving, God moves with you. I loved it when I heard Tracy Armstrong talking about... Um, the battle with the Gibeonites when the, the Israelites were fighting and God got excited and joined in as they were on the run throwing hailstones at them and more were killed by the hailstones than were killed by the sword. And God does get excited when you start to move. He adds in and he joins in the fight because he goes, God, they're getting up. <laughs> this is going to be a slaughter. <laughs> this is going to be an absolute whitewash. <laughs> So God is looking for you not to play the part of a victim, but he's looking for you to start to wake up and recognize that you are not a victim, you are not an orphan, but that you are very valuable, that you are loved. But he wants you to identify the lies that are speaking. If there is any thought bubbling around on the inside, any thought that's just mulling around trying to steal your joy, steal your peace, steal your identity. If there's anything you're believing about yourself, any voices that you're hearing trying to tell you anything about yourself that is contrary to who Christ is, it's a clue. That's a Klingon. That's a... That's a, a voice, that's a demonic voice, it's a demon that's trying to walk beside me and pretend that I, they're my friend. They're not my friend. You can't stay here. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord. I'm going to speak truth and I'm going to say, Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. This is the truth of the word of God. I'm going to come at you with the sword of the spirit and you watch him run. Hallelujah. When you pick up the sword. Hallelujah. 
So we, we use the sword of the spirit. We can quote it like Jesus did. We can pray it, which is really, really powerful. Hallelujah. And use the sword uh, as a weapon. That's why it's important every day, good days, bad days, to deliberately develop a habit of eating the word, of having a steady diet of the Bible. Just get it in ya. However, whatever way, listen to it. And when you listen to it, if something uh, piques your interest, get a book out and study it and look at it and, and read it and search it out. Look at it in different translations. Look at it in the Greek and the Hebrew and just read it and, and study it and feast on it. Talk about it with your friends. Hallelujah. So that it becomes something that's just not a little added bit of salt on the, on the, uh, on the food that you're eating, but it becomes the main course. Hallelujah. Oh, this deserves a better amen than that. Amen. I'm telling you how to walk free. This is very exciting. If 10% of you actually applied this, really applied it, this whole city would be transformed very quickly. Hallelujah. Revelation chapter 12, verse 11 says this. They overcame, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not lie, love their lives to the death. Hallelujah. We have overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. We need to realize that when you are under fire, when you are under attack, you're not called to be walking around saying, I'm under attack, I'm under attack, this is terrible, I'm under attack. But to actually wake up and recognize the blood of Jesus covers me. Oh, this is not what I have to put up with. I'm going to, I'm going to take time right now to look and to see what's going on. If you're a skilled warrior, you don't just blindly wave around going, there's a battle, there's a battle, there's a battle, something's going on, there's a battle, somebody shoot something. <laughs> they have their eyes open and they know what they're going to stab. I've seen the movies. <laughs> I have a husband who likes these sort of things. And they have an opponent, they, they go after it and they know what they're looking at, they know what they're fighting. They have their eyes wide open. Sometimes we as believers, we just go, oh, it's just bad. I don't know what's going on, but it's just bad. God wants to give you specifics about what you're dealing with so that you can dispel them. Just like that. I shared last week, it's a little bit, all these voices and these demonic voices around us can be a little bit like the apps that you leave open on your phone that start to drain the battery and... We need to just swipe them away. Close them down one by one. Deliberately take it and go, hang on, what's this? That's a worry about that. All right, God, I'm bringing you that concern. Philippians chapter 4 says to bring you everything. And don't be anxious about anything, but with everything, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make my request known to God. Okay, I'm concerned about this relative. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just lift up that concern to you. I wasn't made to carry concern, but I come in intercession. And you can just intercede for them, lift them up, and, say, and then end with, thank you, Jesus, you've heard my prayer, and you're taking care of that. Woohoo! One app closed. 
What else is going on here? All right, I'm a bit concerned about that situation. All right, Lord, I bring you that situation. Is there anything there that I need to acknowledge that I've done wrong? Okay, I'm sorry about that. Thank you, Lord, for showing me. I for, I, thank you. I receive your forgiveness. Thank you for power, Lord, to handle that differently next time. Thank you, Jesus. What do you feel? What do you think about me right now? Do you look at me and think I'm guilty? No, you've forgiven me. Your blood is able to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Thank you. So we close that up. And condemnation goes, hang on. That was my secret hidey hole. I was getting a lot of mileage out of that one. And he'll try again, perhaps the next day. Bad feeling. And instead of going, bad feeling, bad feeling, I don't know why, but I'm feeling bad. Identify it. What's going on? Mm, ha ha, I see you. I was praying for somebody once on an altar call, and there was a lot of deliverance happening. And I, I just, I was prophesying, and demons were manifesting and disappearing, praise the Lord, running away. And I, I got to this next guy. And I went to pray for him, and I had an open vision, and I saw this little demon crouching beside him, and I could hear its thoughts. It said, if I stay really still, she won't notice me. <laughs> I couldn't believe what I've seen. It was wonderful, because as soon as I could see it, it was done for, because I came after it. I knew my opponent. I wasn't just praying vaguely, like, I see you. In the same way, we need to see. We need to recognize what we're fighting. We need to not be afraid of it. You don't have to be afraid of anything because you are in him. The Bible says that the righteous run into him, that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into him and are safe. What does it mean to run into the name of God? To run into the name of God is to run into the one that you are married to now. Is to run in by faith into the revelation of your union with God. So that you remember, I am not this little poor Christian battling, trying to, trying to deal with stuff. I'm not on the outside under attack. Where is all my support? But actually, you are right in the center of the strongest tower, the strongest stronghold. Hallelujah. And you are fighting from a place where Jesus has already won the victory. You are fighting from a place of being strong. To run into his name is a weapon that we have. That is reminding ourselves of the identity that we have. I bear the name of Jesus. Ephesians chapter 3 says, I bow my knee before the Father of um, heaven from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. We are named by him. We can run into that identity, run into that truth. Remember what we look like. Mm, it's no longer Catherine. I'm no longer a little victim panicking on the outside trying to do my best. Stop it. Come back in. In him, I'm positioned at rest in him. In him, I can do all things. I can do all things. Things positioned at rest in Christ who strengthens me. That word through, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me is actually a little Greek word, EV, which means to be positioned at rest. I can do all things when I 
snuggle back in to the chest of God and remember I am not on my own. The arms of God are around me and now I can just make decrees. In the name of Jesus. The name of the Lord is a strong and mighty tower. The Holy Spirit wants you to wake up. He's turning the tables, you know. There's for too long, too many people have not walked in the brilliance and the beauty of the freedom that Christ has purchased for you. And Christ is saying, it is for freedom I've set you free. Stand firm then in this freedom. Walk and live remembering that you are surrounded by the name of God, that you are joined in union with him, that you have been crucified. There is no longer any bondage that holds you back. You've been set free from sin and self. You've been given power now, hallelujah, to walk differently. It's not your own willpower. It's the power of the Holy Spirit in you with agreement with you saying, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It is Christ in you, the hope of glory, who wants to manifest his glory and his power. The same God who said, a fire goes before me and burns up all my enemies, wants to rise up in you and have you say a fire goes before me and burns up all my enemies because I am one with him. Hallelujah. Wonderful Jesus. Whatever might be going along and ticking along in the background in your brain, in your heart, the Holy Spirit wants you to identify it. And stop putting up with it. Because when you stop putting up with it and you start filling the space with truth, the Holy Spirit, he'll come in. I mean, he will come in like a flood and overwhelm you with joy, overwhelm you with help. Hallelujah. He'll start throwing the hailstones at them too. And not only will it be your victory, it'll be the victory for everyone around you. Your testimony will start to set other people free. The testimony of the way that you walk in supernatural peace, supernatural joy, supernatural power, supported and backed up with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords who enjoys a good fight will be a testimony to others that will cause them to come into freedom. Whatever you're dealing with today, the name of Jesus is greater. At the name of Jesus Satan's host flee. When you run into his name, if you imagine a tower, it could, you could also see it as the body of Christ. You run into the reality, I'm part of the body of Christ. If God is for me, and he absolutely is, because he can't be against himself, because I'm joined with him, then who can be against me? It's out of a place of realizing that you don't have to buy into the deception that you're on your own, that you're struggling, but that you are mighty in Christ. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, I'm asking, Holy Spirit, that you would set the captives free tonight. Whatever they've been battling, I thank you that your name, your blood is greater. Hallelujah. That your word, Father, is power. And Lord, I thank you they shall know the truth and the truth shall make them free. In Jesus' holy name, everybody said, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Well, I want to pray uh, just for a few people tonight. But before we do that, I want to ask you, if you're here tonight 
and you know in your heart you have not come into union with God, you haven't made that choice to leave your old life to be joined to God, I want to give you that opportunity to do that tonight. No, it's one thing to believe that God exists, but it's another thing to choose to leave your old life and come into a new life, to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. It requires humility to say, I actually need forgiveness. I need mercy. The Bible says everyone has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Everybody needs to come to the point where they acknowledge their sin to God and say, Lord, I need forgiveness. I need mercy. But the moment you do, the moment you look to him, he's saying, I've been looking forward to the day that you'd, you'd come to me. And he rushes in with his mercy and his grace. Where sin abounded, grace abounds much more. He comes to set you free from sin and self. He comes that you might become born again. That is made perfectly righteous, perfectly holy. God has to have a bride that's holy and pure to be joined to him. Otherwise, he couldn't be joined because he is holy and light can have no fellowship with darkness. But you can't achieve holiness on your own. You can't be righteous enough to be joined to God. You've just got to humble yourself and receive the mercy of Jesus to exchange your sin and receive his infused righteousness, his magnificent imparted holiness. If you're here today and you say, I want today to be the day that I cross the line and I become a new creation. I want to be born again. I want to pray for you before we go on. If that's you, would you just wave your hand at me? I want to pray for you. Yes, God bless you. Is anyone else that says, yes, God bless you? Anybody else that says, yes, that's me? Let today be the day, God, that I step into a new life. Anybody else that says, yes, that's me? Today's the day. Anybody else? Just wave your hand at me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Wonderful Savior. Wonderful Savior. Thank you, Father. I'm just going to ask, if you just raised your hand, I want to pray for you. Would you come? If you just raised your hand, we're just going to encourage you right now, and I want to pray for you, and we're going to set this today as a landmark day where you die and Christ comes into your life and you become a brand new creation if that was you, could you come I want to pray for you, would you come I want to pray for you, give them a hand as they come would you come would you come hallelujah, you waved your hand right now, I just want to pray for you, come see that that's so awesome hallelujah, thank you Jesus so anybody else, you want to come and say, today is today, I'm making this stand. The Bible says, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father who's in heaven. When I got married to my husband, it was a public affair. There were witnesses. Today, if you, if you know in your heart, you need to get right with God. Let there be witnesses. Let it be a public thing where you say, yeah, today's the day. I become a new creation. Anybody else want to come and join us this time? I want to pray for you right now if that's you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Would you pray this after me? Father God, I believe you sent your son, Jesus, 
to die and to rise again. Right now, Lord, I declare that I died with you. I give you my life. I give you all of my sin, all of my past, all of my shame. And I declare it is buried with Christ. Right now, Lord, fill me with your spirit. Make me new on the inside. Give me a new DNA, a new heart. Fill me with your spirit. I declare you are my God and I am your child. Forgiven, redeemed, made new and accepted in your family. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Why don't you reach your hands out to them, pray for them right now.